Hello, welcome to the Social Minute, the podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. And today we are going to be covering minute number 22, which goes from 21 to 21.59 on the clock. Uh, we start with, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg has been handed a note in his OS class and he opens it up. And originally the note had <laughs> some harsher language uh, on it, uh, but was altered uh, using the miracle of CGI. Um, to say a very simple f- kind of phrase. And, uh, you know, Mark obviously gets up and decides to leave. He's not welcome in this class. Uh, as discussed on the previous minute, it is one of the hardest in Harvard, apparently. So, um, you know, the lecturer continues delivering his um, his kind of, his I don't know, his thing about some bits. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, as as he's delivering this kind of you know this this thing about the you know this problem that he's talking about, um, and Mark leaves, he says we have our first surrender, and then I like kind of his language there, and we'll get into it, but I like I like how he seems to think he's made Mark Zuckerberg leave, and then Mark Zuckerberg just gives a solution on his way out, and and then the lecturer kind of has to go, yeah, that's correct, and uh, I just I don't know I I kind of really love that little exchange. Um, of course, as Mark exits his class, he then bumps into the Balkan behemoths that are uh, the Winklevoss twins, um, and I, I, I don't know. This is this is a, obviously this is the first time that the Winklevoss twins and uh, Mark Zuckerberg have crossed paths, and uh, we get a we get a little joke, uh, which we we can obviously talk about, um, and then you know towards the end, you know we we get a thing where you know uh, no sorry they ask him, do you have a minute? And that's where the, the kind of the minute, you know, that finishes. Uh, we'll get into the next minute when, you know, we get his kind of response. And, uh, you know, this is another thing that's been set up by Erica in the kind of opening minutes uh, that kind of gets paid off here. We've, we've just had the OS class getting paid off and uh, we get something else paid off, but not until tomorrow. Um, so let's talk about this, uh, you know, whether that's wrong. The next thing I want to say is this. <clears throat> and joining me to talk about today is Drew Brett. Welcome back, Drew. Good morning. Nice of you guys to drop by. We get this kind of the end of this kind of OS class. Um, and, you know, obviously the punchline, the only reason I feel that this is even in here, you know, it's, uh, you know, first of all, it was to show that, you know, Mark does computer stuff, which we've already kind of seen. So we didn't need that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the kind of Mark solving it as he walks out is just him kind of being like, yeah, I'm I'm a computer genius. <laughs> like this, this problem that you're giving me is not that hard. And I can I can solve it even as I'm just leaving and I'm not even paying full attention to what you're saying. I've already got the solution in my head. Like you could kind of stop there. And, you know, he kind of leaves uh, in a little bit of a huff um, after getting the note that reads you dick. <laughs> and I now I, I, I you know, because, you know, I'm not going to be putting the explicit tag on this podcast. I'm not going to get into what the original note said, but it was a lot harsher than that. <laughs> And oh, uh, I, I try to look for it because, but, but on the commentaries they have it all bleeped out, so you don't actually know what it is. Yeah, yeah. So they, I think, I think if you look on like IMDb trivia or something, it'll tell you what the note Ooh. said originally. But, but yeah. So David Fincher once again using his subtle CGI to change what the note says, um, and it it looks flawless. You know, like it's not it's not like it's kind of text floating around <laughs> over no, the top. It looks of really legit. It's like, pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, like obviously, uh, you know, like that that insert shot itself was probably not you know um, Jesse Eisenberg's hands opening a note. <laughs> like it, you know, it's just a simple insert shot. So it was probably shot later on anyway. Um, so I'm guessing it was a fairly easy fix. But yeah, I don't know. I 
the weird thing is because they've changed the note, it makes Mark Zuckerberg look really, really like sensitive. <laughs> like, mm. Because the you know the note previously obviously was would kind of justify him being like I'm I'm gonna and also there's like a there's I I'm, I skipped over it a little bit but there's a little exchange as well of like you know this girl kind of passing him the note and the kind of look between Mark Zuckerberg and this girl after he's opened it of like you know she's the one who's written the note or something and she's you know she's clearly not forgiving him for the whole face mash thing yeah I mean I haven't I haven't double checked this but I'm I mean. I'm going to guess that maybe David Fincher put one of the people whose pictures you saw on face mash and that's oh, maybe her. Man. I don't know. I, I should have gone back and checked it. Um, but it feels like maybe that's what you're meant to assume is you're meant to assume this is one of the girls who clearly showed up on face mash and she yeah. saw herself on face mash. And that's why she's written this note. You know, she's, you know, it's not just that she's some random person in, in this class who just doesn't like Mark Zuckerberg and has written the note. Like that's, I think the you know, what you're meant to get is this is obviously one of the victims. Uh, which, you know, is a good, it's a kind of something to remind you about how terrible a person Mark Zuckerberg is, because, you know, I mean, I think up until this point, actually, the film has kind of piled that on just a little bit. But it's reminding you just before, I'm going to say we get the most kind of sympathetic run in the film, which is, you know, the exchange between him and the Winklevoss twins and Divya Narendra once, you know, he goes and gets a sandwich with them. All of that kind of, you know, the kind of classism that's there and the kind of, the Winklevoss twins kind of, um, you know, lauding their kind of membership of this club over Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know if they are, but like that's the feeling that you're meant to get. And it's kind of... That's the interpretation you're getting out of it. Yeah, and it kind of, I think, I mean, not obviously in this minute, so we're not going to talk about it too much, but, you know, in the next couple of episodes, we can kind of talk about the dimensions that are there of like, you know, these kind of two huge, gigantic men <laughs> kind of, you know, like... Accosting him in the hallway. Yeah, kind of, and, and, and you know, the kind of the exchange that you get in the hallway, it does feel a little bit like, what is going to happen here? <laughs> like, are they... Yeah. Well, and the hallway sequence is important because of how quickly it fall, follows up on the classroom sequence. Because you're kind of right in that this is really the first time that the movie shows you... Well, really, this is the first time that Mark learns that his actu actions have had a consequence of, of real impact on somebody else. Yeah. Like, nobody confronts him about it until this particular point where they write him this note and pass it, and then he doesn't see who sends it to him. So it's, you know, we from the, from the audience perspective... We see him in the back of the class and then everybody else is facing the same direction too. So he's like, I don't really know where this came from. And he's so uncomfortable that he can't stay in the same room. It's it's similar to, again, it, it parallels the opening sequence where he just doesn't quite know how to handle these human these human relationships and interactions. Yeah. And, and he panics and has to get out of there. I feel like this is the first time he's ever realize that what he did had unintended consequences and it hurts man it really stings him in this yeah um it displays his, his he's got actual emotions he's got some sensitivity to that kind of a thing and he doesn't know how to handle it which is why it's so important that it occurs right before these two huge dudes come and stroke <laughs> his ego yeah because now he, he he that that um he had an opportunity to kind of dig into and dwell on the note he we see him carry the note out of class and it's weird you don't see what he does with it because it looks like he's folding it up and it looks like he's sticking it in his pocket but we don't actually see that we don't see if he throws it in a trash can or sticks it in a book bag or something like that so the idea is there's this unconscious carrying with him um, through the next scene and, and, and the next scene is these other two guys who are like, hey, 
we're cool. We're big and tough. We're part of this amazing <laughs> group that you want to be a part of. Why don't you come hang out with us for a minute? So it, it's it's that the demon on his other shoulder is like just tapping him going, no, 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 no. Pay no attention to the note in your hand. Come with me instead. Yeah. And it's not and nine of it. It's not just like, um, you know, from the opening scene. It's not just the, you know, do you row crew and. You know, have you seen the guys who row crew and like that, that kind of exchange kind of coming back. Yeah, that too. That'll pay off in the next minute. But even something like the music here, when it does finally come back in, we talked a little bit how yesterday's minute was very quiet musically. Like there's not much action in the music and it doesn't even occur. Nothing even occurs until the uh, halfway through the classroom sequence. But the, the melody line that the piano is playing is related to the main theme, but it's yeah. not quite the main theme. It's jumbled up. It's almost inverted. Not completely, but... And I think it's supposed to communicate something to us that says the opening theme is kind of very sad, very melancholy. Have you got, have, have you got a chance to really d- dig into the soundtrack on this one yet in these minutes when you're talking about it? I don't want to cover too much of the same thing. Well, the opening track when Mark walks out of the out of the pub is "Hand Covers Bruise," and this is yeah. "It Catches Up with You," which which is you know the most kind of and obvious that, uh, kind of title for the song. Exactly, um, exactly. Know. And so, like the the melody notes of that "Hand Covers Bruise" are it's kind of this is played in the same key here. It's very similar. The notes are are, are played in a very similar fashion, but it's not in the right order. Yeah. And it's kind of used to show that disjointed, uncomfortable, uncertain confusion that Mark now feels when he realizes that what he's done has caused a, a real serious problem. It didn't matter when Eduardo told him, you know, you do this stupid thing and you get us, you know, all the girls <laughs> yeah. on the campus hate us now. It's like he doesn't care. But now he knows that somebody actually has a very strong negative opinion of him. And that's going to really hurt his chances um, at the exclusivity that he seeks. And then, like I said before, here come you know here comes Army Hammer and Army Hammer number two down the hallway to change his, or get his attention. It's interesting as well because you know, like I said, I had a problem with the line that Eduardo delivers about you know how do you make all the girls hate us because it sounded clunky and it didn't sound real to me. And also, right. it felt like it felt like Eduardo telling us something that could easily be demonstrated, you know, in this next scene. Like, it's almost like he was setting it up to say, like, all the girls hate you, and then you get the note, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah. this is why... You know. And it feels a little bit like, you know, we could have lost that Eduardo line, and we would have still got the message from the note being passed in this in this class. Well, m- maybe. We would have gotten the same kind of impact on what it does to Mark on, on, on an emotional level, but I think it also demonstrates the fact that Mark Zuckerberg doesn't truly care about what Eduardo has to say. He doesn't take his particular admonition seriously because he doesn't see any effects of it. And that kind of plays out later on in the film where uh, Eduardo is trying to like, you know, he's securing financing and advertising and he wants to push in this direction. And and Mark is like, no, that's not the cool thing to do. The cool thing to do is this thing way over here and follow the shiny thing. And it's a small demonstration of of really the fracturing of their friendship um, as opposed to the large scale fracturing that we see um, the yelling and the screaming face to face later on. Yeah. Now, just for, for everybody who's on tenterhooks about the, uh, you know, the, the 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 kind of the solution to the question, uh, of course, it is one valid bit, one modified bit, one reference bit, and five permission bits. <laughs> now, I'm sure, I'm sure that everybody had already got that way before the, you know, way before Mark Zuckerberg said it. And when he said it, I know in the cinema, oh, I was yeah. like, I said, like, yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, this, it's it's like literally the most obvious thing in this film. It's, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it almost feels like he didn't need to say it because it was just too obvious. But uh, yeah, but I do love, I do love how the professor pivots and he's like, 
Does everybody see how he got there? Which is <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, sure, of course we all do. It's like, uh, I couldn't even tell you what a bit is in this situation here. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into it, but we all know how he got there. Um, sure, yeah, sure, so, sure. Yeah, so I mean, it goes without saying. It, it goes without saying so much. I'm not even gonna say it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I I really I kind of just I love how the kind of professor is like taken down so quickly, and is just like you know the fact that he has this kind of like oh you know here's our first surrender. It's like you know it's like buddy you're you're really setting yourself up here if you think that yeah. Mark Zuckerberg is surrendering. You know you know you know what's kind of interesting. This is this is this the first time, and there might be other examples of this. I'll, I'll ask you for help in thinking of some like. Because we see the way that, that Mark deals with the lawyers where they, they ask a question and he almost never gives them a straight answer. He, he, he never gives a direct answer. He always kind of dances around it because um, it's, it's not worth his time. But in this particular situation, he gives him the exact answer that the guy was looking for. And I yeah. wonder if there's significance in that particular differentiation between the guys who have considerable effect on, on the outcome of his life, you know, the lawyers in every situation of the two lawsuits, you know, that are intercut later on. And this one professor who we never see from, you know, we never hear from again. We don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have like a name tag or nothing, but he's the one that Mark is honest with. He's at least the one he's direct with and says... I'm not leaving because of you, because this is yeah. so hard. In fact, I'm going to demonstrate how unhard this particular thing is for me. But I don't know. Can you think of, is there, is there another sequence where he is that directly honest with somebody? I mean, I, I think, I think the thing with the depositions is obviously he's going to have been coached. Like before he goes in, they're going to have True. asked him every single one of those questions before. And they're going to have told him, you know, don't say this, don't say that. There are a few times where in the depositions he kind of snaps. You know, particularly with the whole, you know, if you'd have invented Facebook, you'd have invented Facebook. Like, you know, so there's a few times where it feels like he's like his emotions are certainly very honest in some of the depositions. True. Where he, uh, okay. he kind yeah. of directly says to people, look, you know, you didn't come up with this. I did. And I don't know if that's true, but it certainly feels like emotionally true to the character of Mark Zuckerberg. Right. You know, in the film. He it's feels like, that this is the truth. He he said he lays it out there and this is the way it is. Whether or not reality lines up with that is, I suppose, a different question. Yeah. And I mean, there, there is a little bit where probably one of my favorite sequences in the film uh, where, you know, uh, Army Hammer and, uh, and uh, Max Minghella had to eat tons of food when they're in the restaurant and they're going through the kind of email chain and it's going backwards and forwards and it's like each time oh, yeah. Mark keeps adding excuses and all this kind of, and at that point you think to yourself that seems like Mark is just evading them and lying and stuff oh absolutely 100%. Um, yeah so so that like that feels like he's definitely being evasive but then when he's in the you know in the depositions there are some moments where he does kind of snap a little bit and be like look I you know I'm the one that did this and you did not um, and like, yeah, this is and I think the reason that he kind of answers this is or like, you know, the whole kind of, you know, brighter men have tried and failed at this class. Obviously, it's setting it up. This is the hardest class. And it's not hard enough for Mark Zuckerberg because he's already solved this. And, you know, he doesn't need the class. like he's literally leaving because he's like, I've I've already solved this, you know. Um, and then, of course, sure. I do just love the pivot so much because it's so clever because this the, that, that little kind of it's not really a beat, but just a little brief pause of like that is correct. And then kind of turning to everyone else, kind of humiliated and just being like, does everyone see how he got there? <laughs> like, <laughs> like trying to put himself back up a little bit and be like, well, look, you know, he might be correct. He might know it. I know it as well. But, you know, I, I'm sure some, I'm sure the other 49 people in this room, some of them don't know it. So let's, you know, let's kind of focus on the people who don't know how to solve this problem. And, uh, you know, wow. let's kind of build myself back up just a tiny bit. Um, but I do like that that like, you know, that is Mark kind of almost, you know, he doesn't need to think about like that problem because it's too easy for him. 
So it's kind hmm. of setting him. And also we've had him kind of humiliated with the note. And then, yeah, like you say, he bumps into the Winklevoss twins. You know, we have this nice little bit of banter with the, you know, are, are you guys related? And the kind of, you know, that's good. That's funny. You know, never heard that before. Like, obviously, twins right. would hear that all the time. But I do, kind of, you know, the, the again, you know, the CGI in this is absolutely amazing because the back and forth between Cameron and, Ty- Cameron and Tyler is so effortless. Like, you wouldn't guess that it was you know put together from like four or five different takes of you know josh pence in one place and then josh pence in a different place and army hammer right. giving these two different performances because it just it like it cuts together so well um you know and then i like as well how you know the note it seems to be is on mark's mind because he says did i insult your girlfriends and yeah absolutely he still stings from that and he's trying to recover he's trying to get back into his emotional control state but it's he's not quite there yet i think that's why he's able to answer with such you know those sarcastic jokes and whatnot he's like he he, he slips back into that character where yeah. he had fallen out of it and actually answered honestly by accident so now he's back to you know deflect and defend and I like as well how Cameron and Tyler, you know, straight away, we've already established that, you know, they're behemoths. We've already seen them earlier in the film rowing past everybody and, mm-hmm. and kind of humiliating them. We've already had one of them do the classic Sorkin thing of listing out, you know, a full course load and then, you know, in the in the in the pool. Oh, giving his resume. Uh, yeah, the resume. But it's just a list of what they do each day, like the amount of work that the Winklevoss twins have to do to be, you know, rowers and also, you know, gentlemen of Harvard. And so and <laughs> the fact that they're saying it to Divya as well, who kind of knows what their schedule is. It's kind of it, like, it, you know, classic Sorkin, quite frankly. Um, But yeah, so Nothing we have that. We have that, and then we get here where he he goes, you know, no, you didn't insult Egg. And then, of course, he looks at, you know, Tyler, and he goes, actually, I don't know. And then, of course, Tyler's like, we never asked. (laughs) So in addition to being, you know, the, you know, the extremely handsome, you know, army hammer and super jacked and great at rowing and also, you know, gentlemen of Harvard who are maintaining a full course load, they also have girlfriends, which is something Mark Zuckerberg doesn't have. So it's just one more little thing of, like, these guys are, you know, I mean, they characterize themselves later on as, um, you know, the skeletons in uh, in Karate Kid. They're not quite there yet. The, the, the film is taking, you know, Mark Zuckerberg. It spent like 20 minutes making him look a little bit like, you know, an unsympathetic dick, um, you know. And then we get to this point where it's like, oh, but here are the Winklevoss twins. And they're not they're not particularly good either. But, you know, they're maybe they're better than Mark Zuckerberg. Maybe they're not. But, you know, we'll find out in the next few right. minutes. But this is the first they kind check of all the boxes that he wants to have to describe yeah. himself. Like he's yeah. got all the they have all the qualities that he himself feels that he lacks and has, is looking to make up for. They're handsome. They're physically intimidating. They're, you know, extremely they're athletic. Part the, yeah. Part you of know. the club. They're yeah. crew dudes. Um, and, yeah. I mean, at this point, we don't dreamy. know, obviously, that they are, you know, members of a finals club. So we don't we don't know that yet. Yeah, but we, you know, that's the final kind of like brick in the wall of like these guys being better than Mark Zuckerberg because everything that he talked about in the opening scene is kind of coming true here. It's like, you know, right. he's, he's not a guy who rose crew. He's not a guy who's getting into finals clubs. He's not a guy who, you know, by the end of that scene has a girlfriend. So, you know, everything, <laughs> everything he doesn't have, he's now seeing and not only seeing it once, but seeing it doubled up. That's the thing as well. It's <laughs> That's the final nail in the coffin. It's not, it's not just... That these guys are handsome. It's there's they're, also they're, two of them. Yeah, there's two. That's it. Yeah, as they say later, there's two of me. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I kind of love that this is that this is obviously you know we've taken. I mean, 
31 pages of the script, but we've taken like 20 something minutes before we've actually got, you know, the, the, the kind of meeting between, you know, the kind of the main antagonists. Obviously, Eduardo will later on turn into an antagonist, but straight off the bat, you know, we're introduced to what most people would think of as being the main antagonists of the film. Obviously, if, if sure. you, you know, if you when I saw this film, I already knew that the Winklevoss twins had secured some money from Facebook. So <laughs> I already knew they had a settlement. They're both going to be millionaires by the end of this film anyway so that's even it makes him even less sympathetic but like in the opening minutes the film's been very careful to be like here is mark zuckerberg you know he's your kind of typical kind of like you know 20 year old who you know occasionally gets drunk and blogs terrible things whilst creating a website and then like you do yeah and then the contrast to that is these kind of you know these model citizens you know future olympians and you know, we we kind of finally get the meeting. And, you know, I would say as well, you know, the kind of chemistry between Jesse Eisenberg and um, uh, uh, Andrew Garfield, I've already kind of talked about it. I think that's kind of the backbone of this film is like you have to believe that friendship and they, they kind of, they work together so well. Um, but I think also the mm-hmm. kind of, uh, the kind of chemistry between Army Hammer and Army Hammer and also, um, you know, Jesse Eisenberg. I think that also has to really work. Like, if you don't feel like, you know, there's an off, there's a chance that these guys could do something together. You know, you have to kind of, you can't immediately see them as the bullies. You know, they have, they have to kind of ingratiate themselves just a little bit. Uh, something yeah. we'll get more into in kind of the next minute. But like th- the fact that straight off the bat they have that kind of, you know, the back and forth, the little kind of jokes. I I don't know. I I, I think everyone in this film, you know, all the kind of main characters are, are, you know, all the actors are really good. But I think there's certain kind of relationships in this film and they really kind of work together where it's like, you know, everything, everything that, um, you know, Army Hammer is doing. And, I, you know, he's, as I said in the earlier minutes when we were introduced to him, he is kind of amazing. The fact that he's giving these two very... Like, you always kind of know which one is Cameron and which one is Tyler, just by the way that he plays yeah, the two characters. Yeah, you're supposed to be able to kind of track by their personalities to see which yeah. one is which. It gets a little tough from time to time, but because they're all kind of reading from the same writer's, writer's voice, it feels, but... I. Maybe it was me. I had a. I kind of have a hard time remembering which one is like. Okay, which one's the nice one and which one's the mean one? I can't remember who's who anymore. <laughs> I, uh, Cameron's the nice one. Tyler's the one that wants to assume in federal right, court. Right, right. So, so do you do you know how like they played the two of these guys? Because it's obviously Army Hammer's cast is one as as both of them, but they use they use the double Josh um, for for the actual physical standing. Can you tell the difference between which one when they're both on screen like these sequences here? Are you able to tell which one is Army Hammer and which one's not? It's always Army Hammer. When they have, like, um, in this scene, one of them is wearing a headband and the other one isn't, that's how they kind of kept track of the performances. <laughs> so sometimes sure, it would yeah, be simple yeah, that, stuff that, like that. that. Kind of, those, visual clue, those visual clues are super helpful. Yeah. Um, and I'm really appreciate. I, I kind of wish they had chosen something a little uh, less ostentatious than using Hera Sindula's headgear. That really was kind <laughs> of upsetting to have something that that large on his head well they i they, don't think i've ever seen earmuffs like that in real <laughs> life anyway they also in 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 one of the later scenes when they're talking about getting the lawyer involved one of them has wet hair and one of them has dry hair so they kind of dis- oh gosh really yeah, they distinguish it like that <laughs> okay so when in doubt look at their scalps and see what's going on up top yeah okay, understood. when they did when they did the rowing it's almost always digital face replacement so when they're when they're because, yeah. just because of the way that like they would have had to have Army Hammer oh, row the whole thing. So when you see them in the opening rowing scene, I think um, you know the I think it's the one at the back 
Uh, the, so whoever's closest to the camera is Army Hammer, and then the one behind is Josh Pence. And then they did the digital okay. face replacement on Josh Pence when they cut between the two actors. And then there's some inserts where they just had Army Hammer. Um, but for most, right, 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 whenever right, you right, see right. like something like this, where you see but where you see Army Hammer twice, it is Army Hammer. It's just they've gone through the scene twice and they've shot every single line twice with Josh Pence Whoa. standing in and saying, you know, Cameron's lines the first time and then Tyler's lines the second time. But he's just stood in a different place each time. So. Um, oh man and with David Fincher's reputation for having shot sequences like dozens and dozens and dozens of times and then having to double that yeah is just an incredible amount of work <laughs> to have to do for these guys yeah unbelievable but I think I think their chemistry with Jesse Eisenberg it, it, it really like it's instantly you're like oh there's you know there's something going on here <laughs> and and I kind of I kind of like that um you know they're like they're kind of intimidating but they're not intimidating when they first meet and you know the the kind of just the kind of right. I like as well that this is one of like the, this is one of the scenes where we get them saying all three of them say their full names where it's like you know are you Mark Zuckerberg Cameron Winklevoss Tyler uh, Winklevoss yeah. and they say their full names um, and then I have a feeling when we like the next time we see all, you know, all three of these people, um, Cameron and Tyler are spelling their names out for the depositions. <laughs> so like and Divian Arendra is so like all of them, are like they're going to say their name the first time they meet him. And then they're going to say their names again the first time like we get to see them like suing him. Um, so it's a nice little kind of setup for that later on. Um, so, I mean, is there anything else that we need to cover in this minute or is that everything you think? Um, let's see. I think that's about yeah. it. Uh, that clears okay, my Okay. Well yep. then let me ask you the Tuesday question, which is when did you join Facebook? Uh, when did I join the Facebook? I feel like it was 2004. Um, yeah, I think it was probably my second year of college is when I finally bit the bullet. Cause it was everywhere. My first year of college that 2003 to 2004, and I was like, no, I'm not going to be part of this nonsense. Um, this is not something I'm interested in. And then it just, the the social pressure was just like too much, you know. So many people. As they describe in the film as well. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the, the strategy that they describe in the yeah. film of just being like, everyone's on it. So you're going to have to be on it is. All the cool kids were doing it. So I figured I might as well join and ruin it as well. So why not? Right. Uh, well, okay. Well, I feel like we've covered everything then. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug? Uh, yeah, you can find me and the rest of, of our gang over at the, uh, clashingsabers.net. We're a Star Wars focused uh, network of podcasts and article writing. So you can find some deep dive thoughts there. Uh, we're running a couple series of podcasts right now. The, the one we're working on is we're reviewing each of the films in depth up until the release of episode nine come December 2019. We're all pretty excited about that to varying degrees. So we're doing our top three, bottom three favorite things of each film. So you can hear us rag on things like Attack of the Clones, and we're looking forward to doing um, the classic trilogy and even the sequel movies uh, coming up soon. So if you go to your podcasting catcher device app of choice and look for Clashing Sabers, you will find all of us over there. And you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash the social minute or on Twitter at social underscore minute or on Facebook at the social minute podcast. Uh, thanks once more for being my guest here today, Drew. Oh, thanks again. I really appreciate it. And I will see you tomorrow. Bye.